Kia ora and Gordon Orvin from Today Radio Studio 4 in Kirchberg, the headquarters of Let's Talk Sport. You have myself, Nathan Snade, Scott Brown across the desk from me. It's the 21st of the June, the longest day of the year, mate. Is it? Yep, longest day Look of the year. You love the stats, pal, I do love you? the stats. Well, it's, <laughs> I'm pleased I like the stats because we've got some couple of great guests tonight and Ben Kovac and Philip Goodenkauf. Is that that's correct? Yeah, that's perfect, perfect. Devin said the atch. Is that right? Kovac, not Kovac. Kovac, yeah. Kovac. there you go. Did I, did I nail it? Um, oh, it was okay. It was okay? I've heard worse. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Ben. It's our local sports wrap tonight, Wednesday. It is, Nathan. It's Wednesday. It's our domestic sports show. If you want to get involved and uh, give these two heavyweights a shout-out, it's 6215255000. Get involved in the show. As always, we'll uh, give you our analysis, our I wouldn't say our expert advice, but certainly our opinion on what's going on in the Grand Duché. Uh, boys, we'll get right into it. So just one, I'm going to give you 30 seconds about yourself. Ben, you're probably just going to repeat everything you said to me earlier on. Pad, yeah. uh, Tony Drennan, you're, uh, who has a man crush on you, obviously. Shout out to my boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the big dog, my man. He'll be loving that. Yeah, Ben, 30 seconds about yourself. You're born and bred Luxembourger, but you're not here at the moment. What are you up to, bub? Um, so my name is Ben Kovac. I'm 23 years old, uh, born on February... 22nd, 2000, um, come from a Slovakian family. My mom used to be a professional basketball player. Grew up over here, and then in 2020, I pursued my dream to be a professional basketball player. Played two years in uh, the Netherlands, and now I'm currently playing in Slovakia. And still living the dream, boss, huh? So You're far, so good. What a, what a, what a pup. Oh, you, you got some so good you, years. You were born what year? Uh, 2000. Oh, mate, he's got some good years ahead of him, I'll tell you that How for nothing. How does huh? it make me feel? Yeah, and yeah. Tony Drennan, why, why, why Tony? You went to school with Tony? He was my classmate for, I think, three years or two years for sure. Is but, yeah. it true that he basically used to carry your bag around for you at school and stuff what? like that? No. That's not. <laughs> Tony, go get me my lunch. Yes, boss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Philip, over to yourself. You're uh, well. Obviously, we've uh, we know you. Uh, you've linked up with Gav this year. Gav, he had a lot of lovely things to say about you. I don't know if he'll repeat them uh, on air. But Philip, born and bred burger, Ettlebrook. Do you bleed? So if I cut you, you bleed. What do I say? Do you bleed, bleed blue? Bleed blue and white? Yeah, that's what we say. Uh, I bleed blue blood. That's my blood. Yeah. And uh, yeah, my name is Philip Gutenkopf. Twenty-eight years old. Come from Ettlebrook. Uh, I've been born there. Uh, I play in Etzella forever since I'm three years old. Um. Yeah. yeah. That's all. That's. Yeah. I'm gonna. Ask, <laughs> I am gonna ask you one awkward question though, mate. Where the hell does your Instagram handle come from? What's that about? What do you mean? What do you mean uh, about my Instagram handle? Yeah, yeah. What, what do you mean? What, what's the significance of it? What, how does that? Is that your nickname? Sticky. Sticky. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's my my nickname. Uh, I've been having it for for a long time now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Ben knows me uh, on the sticky. Yeah. It came from a friend because I, pr- I was pretty pretty thin. Uh, more than than I'm now, yeah. and uh, he was like, "Man, you look like a stick." Yeah. And then he was like, "I'm gonna call you Sticky." And right now, like, t- whole Luxembourg calls cool. me Sticky. Pretty, yeah. pretty cool, huh? Yo, it's Sticky. Cool yeah. Tell me about this. Your friend who made up that name. How's he physically now? Is he? You know, has he's he bigger than me. Yeah. He's he's bigger than me. I always have been. Yeah. Karma. What? He, he's still a basketball player. Still playing. Yes. He still play basketball. Yeah. In the same team still. No. No. Okay. He's he's in Merch right now. That's. Chris Ittenbach, shout out to my guy. Okay. And a good friend of mine, and yeah, he gave me this name, yeah. Ah, uh, big shout out, Chris. Yeah. And, and what about when you're playing against him now? You, I don't, like, actually, do actually don't stage. play against him because he plays in the second league. Ooh. So uh, <laughs> we don't play against him, yeah. Nice <laughs> back. Uh, boys, absolute pleasure. We'll, 
we'll shoot our way into it um, shortly. But we always start things off. Nathan loves a few stats. Sport and the history in the world today. What you got for yeah, us, Nathan? Things that have happened in the world today. Today in 1954, Australian middle distance runner John Landy run the world record mile in 358 and the 1500 meter in 341 in, uh, in in Finland. So that's a good, uh, a pretty good stat for you. I remember when John Walker, the New Zealander, broke the four minute mile. It was a massive thing. Hey, Roger Bannister, he was the first guy that, that did it. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Just for you, Ben, they were the days that they were the black and white days, mate. Yeah. Just, to, just to give you it's a long time ago. Yeah. You're alive back then, right? <laughs> <laughs> 1983, tennis ace Asher Ath. He underwent a double bypass heart surgery. Um, not uh, obviously. This is all about Kiwis here. Asher was a Kiwi, wasn't he as well? No, mate, he's an American tennis player. Was uh, he? Rash, they named, uh, they named the great stadium in, in, in New York after him, where there they played go. the uh, US Open. 1986, Heike Dressler of East Germany. She, uh, she d- jumped 7 metres 45. So that's some uh, jumping. Do you guys do the t- annual testing, the standing jump and that sort of thing? What sort of distance do you guys do? We do that, but I have, to be honest, no idea. You know, it's, it's just, no idea. It's just the stats for the trainers. And it's just like, yeah, normally you should get this far to be a good athlete and then you say, oh, you're good enough or now and that's, you got to work on it. Yeah. Not more, not less. Yeah. What about you? I did it to, to get into my job. Like we had to do a sports test and but not in in basketball. Generally. I mean, you see the the NFL Combine every year, and it's good to watch. And there was some freak. I can't remember what university it was on. He jumped something like twelve feet. I saw that video. In the, it, it's ridiculous, and you can see all the guys who are obviously competing, and he does it, and they're like, like just the way they react. <laughs> they're like, it's just an absolute absolute monster of a jump. Staying on the sport and the history in the world, today in 1992, last day of test cricket for the English star players, Ian Botham and, uh, well, it was actually Alan Lamb. Do you remember mm. those boys? Cricket? Ooh, Fabulous. Some great. Ian, some Ian great. Botham, a bit of a legend in his in his own right. Do you think, do you think uh, Freddie Fidlintoff was the next... Uh, that protege of Ian Botham because he's a bit of a party boy in Botham, yeah, wasn't yeah. he? Got got in a lot of trouble, didn't he? I don't know. The game sort of become all, all sport has uh, become more and more professional these days. So you don't hear these hijinks, these, these uh, funny these funny stories about what the lads get up to uh, on the night out and stuff like that. You know, coming on to basketball today. Curse all those mobile phones <laughs> these days. You know, you can't do anything. Today in 1997, the Women's National Basketball Association began, and the first game was between the New York Liberty. And the LA Spark, so really significant. Oh, that was on the on the basketball. 2021, 2015 US Men's Open Golf Chambers Bay, Bay GC Jordan Spieth, 21, became the youngest winner. So that's uh, that's probably when uh, Jordan Spieth was really firing along. But he dropped off somewhat, hasn't he, Jordan Spieth? We don't see as much. Still learning plenty of chatter. Oh, there's no doubt about, about that. And. Today, in 2021, New Zealand weightlifter Laurel Hubbard, the first openly transgender athlete to be selected for the Olympics. And boy, didn't that um, that generate some headlines. A big happy birthday, staying uh, or moving back onto golf with Scotty Scheffler, who turns 27 today, born in 96, Ridgewood, New Jersey. The American golfer has won the US Masters in 22, the Players' Championship in 23, and in world number one in 2022-23 so that is it plenty going or plenty has happened today in the world of sport well hopefully these two gents are warmed up now um boys i obviously have a a set of questions i'm going to ask you but based on the conversation um we had before and the first question i'm going to ask is you guys actually made your debut for luxembourg together yes that's right and who who was that against uh portugal portugal yes we were select for the first time together i remember 
uh, I was a little surprised. I was 17 years old by that time, so I was by f by far the youngest guy on the team. And I remember we were in the in the supermarket because Sticky has like a little ritual before the game. He <laughs> always has to buy a pack of Skittles. I think it's this, the green ones, the sour ones. Oh yes, good choice. Not bro. anymore. The, not anymore. The sour ones. It's oh. now the red ones. Yeah. Okay, okay. So he switched Ooh, it up. Yeah. Just, I, have, I haven't yeah, seen him in a while. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we. I was standing in the supermarket. I told him, "Oh yeah, today is your day. You're gonna play." He's like, "I don't know." And then, uh, and he's and then he played. He had a good game. I remember that was a good memory you had with him. And the, was that in Portugal or in Luxembourg? It was in Portugal, and we had a chance to win the game, and we end up losing after overtime we had like a big lead in the half I think and we, we blew that 28 something like this half, yeah. and we lost time. after overtime really yeah. oh wow did, it's, what, what, it's, did you, what, so what did you do for your initiation on your first on, on for your first match did the, did the new boys or the debutants to have to do an initiation to the team sing a song oh yeah yeah <laughs> I remember uh, <laughs> I mean when they go to the games of small states like, I think the rookies they cut their hair I think or now they didn't do it anymore but we had to the tradition is to sing so we had to sing in a And the restaurant was pretty packed and pretty well known. I think it was in Lisbon, was it? Or yeah, yeah, I think it was Lisbon. Yeah. And we had to sing a song. So what did I, you go for? I couldn't choose. Like they gave me a song, and there was a cappella band, and they were playing the the song, and I had to sing. And I was, I was singing Wonderwall. Classic. Oh, that's Classic. a good one. Classic. That's, that's more from one. your generation, isn't it, Nathan? It certainly is. You, you, I don't think you were born when that song oh, came oh, out, then, you know? <laughs> Oasis and Alanis Morissette, <laughs> you know? What about yourself? What, what did you sing? I sang the national anthem. Oh, oh I love yeah. it. Good yeah. boy. Yeah. I'll tell a lie. The Luxembourgish, I do know the national anthem in Luxembourgish. Really? Yeah. You want to sing it for us? Yeah, do you want to no, sing I'm it, John? I'm not doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> I, only, I only do it before rugby. So, Sticky, when you were doing it, hand on the hand on the chest or? No, no, nothing. Like, I had, I think we had a microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a microphone and yeah, no, yeah. nothing had on. Turn the microphone off. Tear in the eye. Tear in the eye. No, 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 no. Tear in the eye. We we we've had a, a couple of drinks and <laughs> okay. it was, it was pretty easy. fun. A couple, <laughs> couple of looseners. Um, ben, to jump over to you, you play for. I'm going to try and pronounce this. I normally get Nathan to do this, but is this uh, Patrici Levici? Is that close or not quite at all? Patrici Levice. There we go. You've had a bit of practice with that. Um, you've just obviously won another championship there, building on that from uh, last year as well. So that that went to Game Seven, didn't it? Yes. And you were we three one down at one point there. Yes, it was uh, the goosebumps when I just think about it again. So for the club, it was very important that they, they won the championship before. And we were by far the, the biggest favorites. End up losing the cup final, so we had a lot of pressure. We went, we made, we made a hell of a season. We had, we made it to Euro Cup, second round everywhere. We went to second place and the Super Cup. We were in second place, so we really had a lot of pressure going on. And we started very bad. We started on a, because we had home advantage. We lost, we were down 2-0 already. They won the third uh, at home. Then we end up losing the fourth away, so we were down 3-1. But We were believing in each other. I mean, we had no pressure from the, from the, from the organization. Needed the coach. We actually knew we gonna win. If we, we knew if we win game six, we're not gonna lose game seven at home. Ain't no way. So we won uh, game five, game six, and then game seven at home in front of like three and a half thousand people. I was can't beat it. Can greatest you? game, like great best feeling so far in my career. And the I'm venue real. you play, you play in your home venue is it is it a, it's an arena for only basketball or is it a, is it a more like a hall that we have here in Luxembourg where it's all like let's say you do a multi-sport it's say. not really used by kids so we only have uh, like the youth team of the basketball the under I think it's under 17 or under 19 which are like one of the best in Slovakia them 
us at basketball, we have a good futsal team to play first Slovakian league. So it's only these three teams basically playing. So the gym is basically ours. Yes. You don't have to worry about the ring, the rims being too stiff not, and stuff like that. It's not the same that. problem uh, as you have in the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, back to over to you, Philip. Obviously, as we uh, as we alluded to earlier, you bleed blue. Um, you you won the uh, Lux Cup uh, under Gav this year. Um, you know, going going in, looking back, going into that game, was it? You know, obviously you were confident, but you know, you you get there, and, and what's that like? Because it it's a bit different, you know, to playing the the local teams when you might only. And, and this is I I don't mean any disrespect by saying this, but you don't get the big crowds, and then all of a sudden you got five thousand people down at the cock. Yeah, I can tell that I'm used to it already. Probably because it has been my second or my third already cup final, and then after playing a lot of games with the national team in the cog uh, 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 in front of a lot of people, so uh, it was it was pretty normal for me. Actually, I was still a little bit nervous, at, which is I normal. Think it's normal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and uh, but what well, we we did pretty good. We played great defense, uh, great offense. We played together, and that's uh, that's why we won. Yeah, it was gone. Sorry. In that third quarter, did you get a little bit Nelly nervous? Because there's an op- there's a there's a little moment there, which could have where, where the game was starting to sw- or potentially swing back to yeah to I can tell nervous but I think uh, basketball is a game of runs and if you have a lead in the first half, uh, it's pretty pretty sure that that they're coming back yeah. or not coming back but they're gonna make a run too. And big Gav pulled a time timely timeout didn't yeah. he? Actually, yeah. I was just yeah. gonna just, yeah. just gonna jump in on yeah. that one. One thing we were we managed to blag our way up into VIPs who had pretty sweet seats to watch it, you know. <laughs> um, but what I found very very interesting, and this is just me being more of a nose, is how you know uh, in in a game like rugby or football, very very difficult to disrupt the momentum. Like sometimes it's all going against you, and there ain't nothing you can do about it, and you just have to keep going. But there could be an instance where you maybe you get a basket, you get a quick turnover. Um, and they get a basket, and their coach will take the time out because it's you know it's like a four point or a five you know however many point swing. And I found it very interesting to watch how the coaches use those timeouts for that reason to sort of right, let's just calm it down, have a breather here, yeah. and, and stuff the coach like that. has to got a feeling for it. Yeah. So if he takes a timeout, he has to also do something about it. So the next play, he has to draw something up. Yeah. Got a good play for us. Get maybe a three for us, or may, maybe even a dunk to get the crowd uh, yeah. hyped again. And then it's it's rolling again, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's a funny one. Do you ever get someone who just takes a time out and be like, um, "Lads, actually, I don't know what I'm going to talk about no, here, but we'll no, just, um, no. just." I know the camera's on in me the, at the, the moment. Underrates, maybe, um, oh, the camera's on me, lads. Just yeah, nod and pretend I'm talking some sense <laughs> here. Drawing board gonna look out, bad. Get the drawing board out and stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, very interesting. You know, and that was my first proper experience for a basketball match. You know, congratulations to you. you. It was uh, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, and even before the game, we, we sort of had a joke with Gav about how stiff the rims were and stuff like that. And then Jordan Hicks was on. He said the same thing. So Gav obviously knows a little bit about basketball. He does. You know I, mean? I like the social side of it. And we, we met with a few fans afterwards on the court. They, they, they came down. Did you, um, did you head back up to Ettlebrook and go round the roundabout? Because yes, that's kind of did. the celebration yes, that they do up there. Like- 23 times or 25 times? 25 yeah. times. 25 times, yeah. What's that, one for each year yeah, of the club, we, is it? Yeah, we won the cup final. Did you get that's that brilliant. 25 times we won the cup final. Now, I'm guessing you've had a couple hey, of beers a, as well class. on this. Yes, we did. Yeah. And, and did you get dizzy at all? No, I was in no? the front with the microphone. Ah, <laughs> yes. I the people in. So, yeah, okay. It's like DJ um, sticky almost, isn't it? So normally um, I take a bit longer, but we're only 18 minutes in, so I'm going to talk about my first movie uh, citation here. Mike Bassett, England manager. 
Who? Mike Bassett, England manager. Have you ever watched it? It's a British comedy. Oh, boys. I'll mm-hmm. send you the link. Watch it. It's right. sort of very, very funny. But there's a bit where basically uh, the, the the saying was that nobody wanted the, the head coach job of the English football team. So nobody in the Premier League wanted it. So they gave it to a guy in the first division because he got his, his team promoted and they go on the, the open top bus tour around the, the city and whatever and the bus driver <laughs> takes the, the wrong and takes them down the dual carriageway but you know they're going down at sort of 70 miles an hour and it's absolutely freezing and stuff it's an absolute circus but 25 times around the roundabout yeah that's a lot like we didn't actually we didn't do 25 round, rounds but we did like 25 exits and so we like, counted the exits they're pretty they're like uh, five exits in the roundabout so we did 25 exits and then we took the the 25th exit to go to the gym again superb superb Philip who was your uh, role model to play basketball oh my, I'd probably say for my, my era what really really was Michael Jordan and uh, Scotty Pippen what about yourself I just watched the documentary recently. No, I didn't. No, 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 I didn't. In fact, I've just started the tennis one, Breakpoint. And that guy, Nick Kyrgios, by the way, sorry, we're going right off cuff here. That guy, Nick Kyrgios, he reminds me of, oh, who was the basketballer that was also played for um, Chicago? Dennis Rodman. Rodman. Dennis Rodman. These guys are on the same parallel. They they just enjoy being bad's the wrong word. They just enjoy being different. Mm. Yeah, it's very, very, have you seen Breaking Point? No, not yet. It's on my list. Ben, that's on my list too. Good, break, yeah. uh, Philip, am uh, I the only one here talking watch about Mike, what Mike, Watch Mike Bassett first and then you can and watch then that. Watch right? it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so coming back to the question, Philip, but who was uh, your uh, who was your basketball idol? Alan Iverson. Yeah. He used to play on the Sixers. Like he, he's still now, I still watch videos of him. Uh, he doesn't play anymore. Like... For, for a long time now but his style how, how he played his his moves because he was he, he isn't that tall too um, I just liked the, the style he played the style he, he was dressing up and everything he was the, actually the first guy who was wearing like the the, the, the sleeves the full sleeves uh, yeah yep. the full sleeves uh, uh, long shorts and everything and yeah kind of liked it am I, am I right in thinking uh, correct me if I'm wrong he had a bit of a different journey from high school into the NBA didn't he well there's some sort of he didn't take, you know, he didn't just go to the the draft or whatever, didn't he? After did he miss out on his first year or something like that? Mm. Watch a documentary. He was in jail or something. Yeah, like yeah. or or, or like couldn't finish high school. Bowling out early or something yeah. like yeah. this. Yeah, that's right. Wrongly accused, I think, something like this. And yeah, so he had to yeah. he had to bypass a year sure or something exactly. like that. Yeah, mm, there mm. you go, Ben. What about yourself? Who was your? Who did you look up to, or um, aspire to be like? like when NBA was like Carmelo Anthony, but um, from like. I had basically, I'm coming from a basketball family. So my mom used, she came to Luxembourg for prof, to play professional basketball, of course. And when I was a kid, I grew up basically in the gym. I have a picture. I'm like three weeks old. I'm in a basketball gym. So basically my mom was my big role model. Also my godfather who passed away. He used to be a professional basketball player. And then also my godfather's kids, uh, Martin, Peter Reinach, they, they played in Luxembourg and I always watched their games when I was younger. And I basically grew up in the gym in Esch. So all these guys around, I looked up to them. I just wanted to be like them. Um, in terms of, you know, they're obviously big influences, but are there any coaches who are a big, this is to both of you, a big, big influence on you as a, as a youngster growing up? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, since I've been playing with, for the men's team, it was, at first it was Jan Anjebo, he was a Swedish coach. Then it was um, uh, Kresho, uh, we crash, uh, yes, Crasho. Uh, he was also great. And then afterwards, it's not Gavin. I've been, uh, I think, uh, the three of the coaches uh, had a huge impact on me. 
uh, on everything, uh, yeah. on on the style of my game, uh, on uh, on everything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Clearly a coachable guy. Yeah, it's one of those things we talk about. You cra- as a as an athlete playing at a high level, you crave that feedback. You know, you want to always be trying to get better. And if there's any little those small margins, you know, if it is eating the bag of red skittles before it plays and that works, you know, then it's all it's all good. What about you, Ben? Any anyone maybe when you were younger that had a big uh, big influence I couples, on you? Yeah, I mean, there was a Jean Pierre Didier was a French coach. He was very old. I'm sorry to say, very old, but he was very old at that time. He's I think in his nineties right now. He was a very good coach. He he was he was a coach that gave a lot of attention to to the details as a kid and then really made us better than also Marco Silva was like one of my best friends father who also grew up to be like a second father to me and then Silva Lottier French coach who I had for the men's team he gave me a lot of trust as a young player also Candy Durish he did the same thing for the men's team integrated me really early in the men's team so I think those were the type of coaches that we're going to kill, kill the mood a little bit here and ask you one of the funny questions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, ben, you're obviously Esh, okay? Yes. Uh, Philip, you're uh, Edselbrook. If those clubs didn't exist in Luxembourg, who would you play for? Next question. Yeah. Oh, this is good. Sure. I'll delete this I bit later. Like, okay. <laughs> who would they play for? This is I very tough. Yeah. Uh, I cannot tell. You cannot tell? No. There would never Come be a on, different. Man. Just if, if you're listening in, he'll he'll open up to me after the show, and I'll uh, I'll put it on the Instagram post later. Right? Maybe second like second league team where all my friends play. You play with Chris. The boys, huh? Yeah, I, I wouldn't go to Mersh. It's not that way. Well, I tell you but what, they've got some great fans at Mersh. You see, they put they they contributed contributed significantly at the stadium the other day yeah, when yeah, their football Lux, Lux yeah, football yeah, football. yeah. So um, it's hard to tell. Yeah, but you're not budging, Ben. You can't answer that question, no. Uh, no, I'm just. No, it's too tall. I don't even <laughs> want to think about it. This is just like right. I think okay, sticking well, me. Yeah, no. I'll help out a little bit. If you could play in the NBA, who would you want to go to? Hmm. At the Lakers. Lakers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I've been also Kobe Kobe Bryant fan, um, uh, and yeah, I've been a Lakers fan forever. I wasn't yeah. actually because like Alan Iverson always played for the Seventy Sixers, but I wasn't a Seventy Sixers fan. I was was a Lakers fan. Yeah. What about yourself, Ben? Uh, New York. The next. Make yeah yeah to make of basketball. I've been there, Madison Square Garden. It's just saying, yeah. If, if if your home games are at Madison Square Garden, it's crazy. It's be- that was in the time when the Knicks were. Supposed to be very good with Derrick Rose, Chris Epozingas, Carmelo Anthony, but they underachieved basically. But still, the games were crazy. And if I if I could play somewhere, that for sure in New York. But just yeah, well, just building on what you've just said there, where is the best place you've played? When you think back, yeah, at the moment in my career, that place. You know, whether it was the size of the crowd or the or the venue or wherever probably this been. year when we played uh, the Champions League qualifiers with our team the first time in history. And then we basically were the craziest underdogs. Uh, we were just supposed to play the, the, what was it, the quarterfinals, yeah. And just maybe we have a little chance that we beat a team that was, we were underdog in the, in the quarterfinals. Then we went to the semis. We beat a team by like 30 points. And we played the finals against uh, Unicaya Malaga. There's a team that just won the Spanish Cup with like ex-NBA players, EuroLeague players. Uh, crazy a crowd of like 6,000 people. Spanish first league gym was incredible. Probably this, yeah. Unreal. Unreal. What about yourself, Philip? Um, probably uh, like the final at the, at the games of uh, of the small states this year against Malta. That was it was crazy. It was only uh, eighteen hundred people in there, 
but uh, the crowd was crazy. Yeah, like, was, I heard there were a few young. drunk rugby players that, getting their shirts <laughs> yeah. off and yeah. stuff yeah. like yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that also because you, you you would have actually a lot of your a lot of the fans, well, let's say other fellow athletes, um, yeah, and yeah, yeah. supporting you as well? I'm guessing so. I think there were a hundred Luxembourg people. Yeah, and it sounded like a thousand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it sounded like a thousand. Yeah, it was crazy. The, so, the rugby players, they were, they were pretty boisterous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard they had rosé for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> we just um, had Hugo in here the other day, didn't we? And yeah, yeah. yeah he certainly enjoyed his time. He looked like he'd had a glass of rosé before <laughs> he came in. <laughs> um, what about uh, just just talking about some of the places you've played? Are there any tough places to go? You know, we we often talk about how some crowds can be quite hostile towards you. You know, whether it's it's throwing pints or, you know, giving you abuse and stuff like that. Are there any, any place like that in Luxembourg where you think you go as Ettelbrook and they're no, your big rivals? I don't think so. Huh? I don't think so. I think, I mean, we, ha we, we have our rivals. We have, as, as uh, a teller guy, I have the, the rival is, is Sporta and also now Larchette. It's also tough to play there because uh, also back in the days when I was a small kid, I, I used to go to, to watch Atella in, in Sporta. The, the games were like pretty tough. Um, but now with doing things on the court, we don't have to team in Luxembourg. Uh, people still talking trash yeah, from yeah. the stands, but uh, throwing things on the court, we don't have that. What about yourself, Ben? I mean, from Luxembourg, no. In Slovakia, nothing crazy. I don't think there was ever like a bigger incident. You, of course, you hear people yell, but you hear that even in the third Luxembourg division, yeah, no yeah. matter where you're at. But I think Sticky can agree that I think the roughest environment, if you want to call it like that, was when we probably played in Kosovo away. When there were people like going crazy, like no shirts on, yelling, uh, throwing pennies on the court and stuff like that was probably like the most hostile environment. Yeah. Class. I think it's class to play in those experiences. We saw one, you well, talked about... I talked about one that which is in uh, in Serbia when the two clubs, is it Red Red Boys and... Par Red Star. 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 And the other team from Belgrade, is it Par Parisian? Or pa Partizan. Partizan, 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 yeah. And yeah, if you have a look on, on YouTube, those, those fans, they... Go mental. Wait, but it isn't just—it isn't just like one sport. It's every because they're sports clubs, aren't they? To have yes, a lot of yes, different yes. teams coming out of them. Probably cut you yeah, very, very <laughs> cultured as well. But you got lads. It's a water polo match. There's boys setting off the flares. Sure. And what the decibels would be, and I'm sure they have, have a, some recording when they, when those boys are going absolutely hammer and tongs at each other. Nuts. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Imagine. I mean, to play, I want to play one time in front of those people, but <laughs> wow. I probably would, would never play in front of those with, I've, I've, uh, I've said this before on the show but there's a there's a, an old rugby club uh, Red Ruth she's in Cornwall and uh, they used to be a big big back in the amateur days big club you know they get sort of 10,000 people down watching the match and stuff and in one of the corners the advertising boards are very close to the pitch and basically what you do is you kick it and roll it into the corner and then there'd be a line out and the fans they'd be throwing pints and burgers and stuff at the players the ref's like the ref can't do anything you know mm -hmm. <laughs> they can't, it's just part of the uh, part of the hostility down there and on stuff. our bonus edition the other that we just put on this week with the West Ham fans and in that game actually there was a a, a bottle a bit mm -hmm. thrown from the stage yeah yeah and, and hit, hit and, man in the back and of the head and hit right. our guy in the back of the head in fact it's just come out today that uh, West Ham will receive a one match ban or an away ban next year and the UEFA League which they move up to that's so um, yeah I don't know you know it's probably okay it wasn't one guy because there was a number of cups being thrown at the at the time but it's fair to say there's only a small minority of those fans mucking around and here, here they are they're not going to an away game um, at what age Ben did you start thinking yeah this is what I want to do 
you know, I'd want to be a professional basketball player. Or what age do you start thinking? I mean, as a kid, we, I think Sticky agrees that you all dream of NBA or like, that's like the main, main goal. But I think for me, it really started when I got a little bit older, like 13, 14, when I could tell, like, I'm not trying to sound arrogant or anything, but I could see I was pretty dominant inside of Luxembourg. And then it took me to the European championships with the youth teams and I could even dominate there. So for me, I had a little thinking, started to get a little offer some University of America. So I was like, mm, maybe, maybe like this is, this is the way I could go. And then when I finished my high school degree in Luxembourg, I was, I went to the army, the Luxembourg uh, Sportive d'Elite, the yeah. Elite Sportler. And then uh, I was like, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be my job for the next couple of years, hopefully. And that's when I realized it could be, I could make a living out of it. And it was that, that moment that you got a contract in, in to play in Netherlands or? I was in talks with my agent and the coach, the Peter van Noord, he was a youth coordinator a couple of years back with the Luxembourg Federation of Basketball. And he was in talks with my agent and they brought Alex Laurent there from Luxembourg also. So they had a little bit of connection in Luxembourg and then they offered me a contract and I played there for two years, yeah. So, yeah. so then how did you, uh, from that, from Netherlands to go to Slovakia. How did that? Oh, you, that you spoke about this before we came yeah. on, but I let you tell this story because it's. I mean, it's just uh, yeah. I had a an offer to go to play in a f- pro A team like the highest league in France, which is I'll consider top five leagues in Europe probably for like a lower team in the French league. But the offer was on the table. It was a good good option to go. Uh, the money was right. Everything. I even they even showed me the apartment. They even gave me. Uh, to pick up my phone, my, my jersey oh, number. So you've been, so you'd actually been traveled I haven't down been there? there. No, okay. I haven't been there, but everything was basically like, okay, I'm going to sign there. We close all the other options from other teams because we know, okay, it's not going to happen. I'm going to go to France. And then suddenly I was just waiting for the contract to be sent to sign it. And then two days later, I heard nothing. And then the assistant coach called me and they're like, listen, uh, yeah, we had to take a different player uh, on your position. You can't come. So the offer was gone. And then Slovakian coach, the assistant coach from Slovakian national team. He was he's the head coach from the Levice team. So he called me with the with the GM, and then in two days uh, we made it happen that I went to Levice. Wow, it's living on the edge. I mean, but living on the edge that's that's professional sport, Major right? Beast, isn't it? I don't think it's you're not the only athlete in the world where that's happened to. But when it does happen to you, it puts um, yeah, it gives me the little shivers as I'm as I'm thinking about it. From one day to another, you're going for, you think you're going to France, and you're off to Slo- Slovakia. Uh, Slovakia. How long a turnaround from that phone call? from the coach of that team before you actually went there and met the, met your teammates and yeah I think it was right before we traveled to Romania with the national team last year and that was I think or two years uh, last year yeah that was end of what was it that was already in August or something like this and the season preseason normally starts in August maybe end of July something like this so it was like two or three days and then uh, after that I came back to Luxembourg and then I drove up there wow class class wow. what about you growing up you know when did you think yeah this is what this is what I want to do. Actually, it was a dream of mine also to play professional basketball, but uh, because of school, uh, I wasn't a good uh, good student. Uh, I couldn't do it uh, because I wanted to finish my high school first. And uh, yeah, afterwards it was too late. Um, I started my job at uh, 24 years, and at 24 years old I started my job, and then afterwards it was a little too late. Um, actually, I got one offer uh, this year from a Mexican team, 
uh, they want me to play there, but that was my only and uh, my only offer. And I'm pretty, pretty good right now where I'm at uh, in that cellar with my life right now. So I'm pretty easy going right now. If I play Mexico. That'd be a bit of a rogue one, wouldn't it? Yeah. That'd be like, uh, where are you from, buddy? When, when, you, were talk, <laughs> when, when, you, when you were talking, yeah, when you were talking, I was going, what countries is? What countries is in Mexico? I was like, hmm, didn't really think of Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, of course they play basketball all around the world. But yeah, um, they, they yeah. do. Yeah, but yeah, I wouldn't go to to Mexico now. I wouldn't do that now. I've got a question from my ten year old daughter Harriet. She was I just um, picked her up after school, and she said, "Who have you got on 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 the radio tonight, Dan?" And I said, "Actually, I got two basketballers." And um, and I said, "What?" And I said, "Why? Why do you ask?" And I said, and she was going, "No, I'm just just curious." I said, "Well, ask me a question, and I'll and I'll ask and I'll ask them for her." So Harriet, this is for you. Boys, how many pairs of basketball shoes do you go through a season? <laughs> All right, not answered this, but um, that's a great question. By the way, that's a brilliant question from him. I'm a I'm a big sneakerhead. I had this year when I like a pair of basketball shoes, I make sure I have a lot of pairs for like I could live from for four years out of for basketball. <laughs> but I ordered. I think I counted. I think I had 18 pairs of basketball shoes this season. But it's not wow. that I. Like they're destroyed anything, but I just like to have a variety. Today I feel like going red, or today I feel like going green. So I had a variety of shoes, and then I have practice shoes, I have game shoes, I have whatever. What I have is just—it's too much. Yeah. The reason why I ask, is, I'll, I'll come to you just in one second, Philip. The reason why I ask is actually whenever you see a basketballer, their shoes are always in top nick. It's always like they're being—they're being worn for the very first time. And now we all know shoes aren't the most. Comfortable when you wear them for the first time. They need just a, 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 few, in, war, a few warm up mm. games before you take them onto the court. What about yourself, Philip? How many how many shoes you would go through this year? Four. Four. I always have two. Yep. Yeah. Two, uh, so always two in your bag when you yeah. go to no, when you no, go. No, to, no, no. I, only, I always have two two shoes. Yep. Uh, I'll just say uh, one for practice, one for the games. So mid season probably I, I switch them. Okay. So, uh, so is is that part of the? Because I'm just going to keep bouncing yeah. back to the skittles thing. Um, that's obviously <laughs> a superstition. Is that the way? Do you, you obviously you've got a few more pairs by the sounds of things, Ben? But is there a case of, you know, for the finals or something like that? You like if you you obviously played very well in the Lux Cup final and you were wearing these shoes, it was like, yeah, I'm going to wear these ones tonight, or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to save them, or, yeah. or if you wear another pair of shoes, is it is there is there that superstition these, in basketball? Yeah, I got like like four or five superstitions like, yeah. uh, with, with the shoes like, these were my game shoes yeah. like, also one that practice because I don't like uh, wearing uh, other shoes for practice and for the games on Fridays so Fridays I, I, well, I wear the do the same thing you so, got to warm up in your shoes you got to have a practice game in your shoes before you go out from game day and yet, what other superstitions you got any, any other um, I, I eat skills during the game I have <laughs> uh, I got to have an espresso before the game just imagine uh, you being like, no skittles, <laughs> like launching the the water, uh, the water actually, thing. Over. Actually, I wanted to start with it because like it's too much sugar in, during the game. But like then I had a bad game, so I didn't stop. I tell you what, next time, right? Touch wood, you boys are gonna make it to the uh, Lux Cup final yeah. this year, and I'm gonna stand in the stand with a big skittles. <laughs> All right, stand there. All right, like this. All right, wave at me. Matt? Wave at me. Okay. So if we stay on the, stu- um, yeah. the, supersti- yeah. the superstition, why did you change change from the green to the red skittles? Because the the green ones were too sour at one moment. They were like, too sour. Sour. Like, yeah, too too sweet. And uh, because one time uh, during the halftime, I was eating too much of the green skittles and almost had to throw up. So yeah. uh, so I, so I had to change. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember the first time like I would drink coffee, but I'd never really had um, like an espresso or something. 
and I played in a tournament. And if Edo and Joni's listened to this, we were playing in the tournament and we were playing the seven in the, in the semi-finals. And we had, I think we had like an hour, 45 minutes to kill. And he's like, yeah, let's go get a coffee. And I'm like, what, coffee before a game? He's like, yeah, just a quick, quick little hit. And mate, I took this and running around like, <laughs> let's, let's go. And I was just like, mate, I need to calm down. My heart is going, because I'd never, never had anything like that below, but now I drink them. I drink a couple of them a day, you know, no problem at all, but. Well, Absolutely now bouncing. you drink so many coffees that you, you, exactly. you failed your medical. Yeah, that's another one. <laughs> yeah, kept failing my medical in locks. It wouldn't pass me to play because yeah. my blood pressure was too high. So w- what about yourself, Ben? Have you got like superstitions there that you can that you can share with us? Things yeah, you want? I have a very strict plan what my game day looks like because we play uh, twice a week normally, sometimes three times, and it's always the same. We practice from nine... Uh, from 10 a.m. to 11 so i go to 9 30 to the gym early to shoot a little bit with one teammate then we have team practice go shower go to the to lunch after lunch we go for an espresso go home i when i kill time either going to play a video game a little bit with my friend but not too long maybe like 30 45 minutes or i watch a series and then i have to take a nap that's when we have a home game i take a nap then i wake up have another coffee and then i'll go to the gym i'm always the first in the gym two hours before the game warm up by myself and then it's a team practice but also same same thing with the shoes i have to wear the game shoes the day before and um always bring even if we play away i bring two pairs of shoes every game in case i'm like shoelaces break or whatever so. yeah, when, uh, when you say you're you're so you're always first from your team at the gym um that's really interesting because there was there's the brilliant one with kobe bryant um he was talking about your man and he was one of the guys who was being touted as being one of the players and stuff. And he was just like, he basically would stay out and practice and wouldn't go in until he'd finished. And then afterwards he spoke to him about it. He's like, yeah, yeah, I just want to show you that I'm out here to, yeah, to work as uh, work as hard as hard as you. I think that's uh, really interesting with the superstitions. We had um, a friend of mine was on um, Aaron and he's massive into his golf. And he was telling, he's told me this story about Tiger Woods. Um, if, if you're listening, sorry for repeating myself, but it's brilliant. Um, like, the dominance Tiger Woods had when he was in his peak, like making like 144 cuts without, you know, is is ridiculous. It's like, that goes on for years. Um, but he was talking about how Tiger was big into his mind games. So a lot of the guys, yes, they'll play, they'll play their round, but then they go out and still practice later on or before the next round. And he would like take note of where people were practicing, what bays they were out hitting in and stuff. And if someone was playing well, he would deliberately go to practice earlier and go and practice in his bay just so the guy rock up and be like, uh, you know, and then go to him. But just like that detail into sort of trying to upset your uh, your mindset going into this. I mean, it's very cool. There's so many different things you can do to try and, we call it gamesmanship, don't we? It's not, it's not against the rules and stuff, but anything that can help potentially uh, give you that sort of edge is, uh, is really good. You, Scott. Did you have any rituals? Um, did I have any rituals? But would all, I would be out if I was out kicking beforehand. I always had uh, one from watching, like my hero, I guess, growing up was Johnny Wilkinson. And he used to do this um, this practice where obviously in rugby, you know, you, you kick over the post, but he would practice on the try line. So all you could see was one post and he would just practice trying to hit, hit that. Um, and you obviously if you can hit that even if you miss it by a little bit in the game it's still going to go over and then Lucas Aid after he won the World Cup a long time ago now 2003 they did a um, they did a, an advertising campaign about him and it showed him kicking the, the ball through the like the eye of a needle and then the slogan was um, practice makes Johnny 
because <laughs> he was perfect. And that was just that was really really he's certainly really cool. uh, one of the best. Yeah, than that. Don't know. Strap my wrists up. Shoes, boots. Nah. You, left would, one would on. You, left you, sock on. Left 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 sock would on. Would you? Right sock on. Would you um, wear the same boots to training and match day? Uh, yeah. I mean, well, the trouble is now these days boots don't last at all. They're like you know, I'd say we joke around and stuff but stuff's not made to last these days you know back when you're playing football or rugby or even basketball in the early days you get a pair of shoes and you'll get a season out of them you know you ain't getting a couple of weeks out of them these days and stuff and yeah nothing no real no real big superstitions you know just yeah if you've had a decent week training you know hopefully that will will flood into the um flood into the next thing boys we've got a couple of funny questions to sort of round things off and then we'll, we'll obviously keep you in for a few of the, the local stories that are going on um, if you're going to the beach on holiday are you going to be wearing budgie smugglers or board shorts at the beach so the budgie smugglers are the, the triangle ones you know the, the speedos <laughs> you know in yeah, there or are you wearing the, the board shorts the long ones the long ones yeah boardies what about yourself yeah, yeah same boardies same. Uh, mate, sure, we've got to open sure, your eyes sure. and what about if um, if all this had to go would you keep the mullet the long hair, or would you just have the moustache? Say like Jordan, keep both. Ah, oh, I love it. I love it. You can't say the same. You've got to pick. Would you have moustache or mullet? You can't grow hair. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what I'll delete that bit. That's harsh. You've got to go mullet. You have to go mullet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there sure. we go. Mullet. <laughs> and then the the other one we always ask about is, um, obviously basketball's a bit different because it is about trying to get the crowd amped before the game and stuff like that. And uh, it happens a lot in boxing and, and the UFC. If you could pick a piece of music to walk out to just you on your own when the crowd's packed before you play what would you walk out to probably Drake Eminem Lil Wayne all these Drake for, the song is called Forever it's like a big basketball song I guess what about you uh, I got the, this before games I, I listen to a lot of like electro music like Deep House uh, this kind of stuff and there's one song called uh, Epic I don't know the name of the artist right now, but... Uh, Love a little dig, see if I can find it out later on. Yeah. Epic. So you're loaded on Skittles, you've had your espresso, yeah. and then you go and put on... <laughs> we know what your weekend looks like, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Gee whiz, how big are just your crazy. eyeballs? Just, they just must get be hyped, hyped up. And uh, that's what I need before a game. So if you could be throwing six pointers, you'd, be, you'd, yeah. you'd, you'd give yeah. yourself a... Yeah. Give and his music, his music is so loud too. You sit like four <laughs> seats next to me, you can still yeah, hear it yeah. through my headphones too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'll get that one off you later, later on. <laughs> boys, absolute pleasure um, uh, having you on. It's great about, to both what, hear you. What about your... our party, Scott? What about our party? Oh, yeah, no, of course. Quite, if we, if we ever, we'll, we'll, meet, we'll meet up for a few beers and we've sort of said if you could wear any, any sort of shirt, any sports shirt, what would you wear? Don't say Jordan 23 because everyone's wearing that. No. I'll probably go either a Carmelo Anthony shirt or a a, a a Dortmund jersey from soccer. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, not the first time it's been pulled out. I'm pretty big in, in Luxembourg. We like Dortmund. Um, also, Alan Iverson jersey. But uh, I got two soccer teams, actually. Uh, first is Bayern Munich and then uh, United. Manchester United. Manchester United. Do you staying on staying on football and just before we move on yeah. to the next topics, is Luxembourg divided when it comes to G- German football? Is like half of Luxembourg for uh, 
Leverkusen. No, uh, for, for, uh, for Dortmund. One for um, uh, Munich and the other one for Dortmund. Yeah, for Dortmund. yeah it depends on. Because when uh, you go driving around the car, everyone's either got a BVB or or, or Munich. Yeah, I think on. it's the two biggest. But I heard a lot. Like all right, my friends, like uh, Munchen Gladbach, yeah, and I have yeah, Schalke yeah, fans. Yeah. Like it's it's divided. Okay, like yeah. it depends where yeah, you're at. But am I, am I think right in thinking Dortmund isn't that where they go mental in the stands and do the jumping and stuff yes, like that? And the, and the stands, the yellow wall, like, yeah. really class. Sweet. That that'd be on the list to go in. Uh, I've been to it. And you got also shift. now uh, Mainz. Because Mainz, because they right, just yeah. played very. Yeah, they just yeah. did. Uh, Leandro Barreiro. Yeah, Leandro Barreiro, Luxembourgish guy. Yeah. yeah. Who plays there. He got yes. player of the year this year, didn't he? Young yeah, in Mainz. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good man. Good to see. Um, boys, I'm going to nause you about a little bit of rugby um, to start things off. And then I'll do a quick roundup. And then unfortunately, I've got a bit of a. Uh, a bit of a sad note to finish on, but we'll we'll get to that later on. Um, Cologne uh, had the playoff final against Rugby Club Luxembourg oh, this weekend. Did, did you go down? I didn't go down. I didn't go down, but I was lucky enough to uh, have a chat with Melvin Smith, who's a head coach and uh, a former player with the Lions out in South Africa. Uh, and he gives me a, he gave you a very honest account of the game. And then I also had a chat earlier with Anton Ulrich, who's the head coach of um, um, RCL. Um, and by all accounts, they had a decent referee for once. It's always the hardest bit in Germany, whether you get a decent referee for these big games. Um, yeah, RCL were 15-6 up with seven minutes to go. Um, and then, uh, you so know... they win the, won that match, yeah, they so the qualify team, so the to team, the Bundesliga. The, yeah, the team that Eins. wins... Bundesliga 1. But <laughs> 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 a lot of practice doing that. Um, yeah, the, the team that won uh, gets promoted automatically, but then the team that loses has to play a playoff final against a team that finished seventh, so the season sort of drags on. So unfortunately, well, RCL were 15-6 up, as I said, um, and then um, Cologne, probably their only sort of successful attack, really, where they got some width on the ball, managed to score. It was actually uh, the lad who scored. It was his first cap for the first team. So he'd been playing with the second team. They brought him up onto the bench, came on, sco- essentially scored the winner, uh, apparently cracking finish in the corner. The conversions, obviously... Um, um, banged over from their uh, number 10 their captain Eustace Chiara uh, he's a good player I've gone head to head with him a few times this year it's one one each you know one okay, one between us okay, we played twice okay. so. um, but, <laughs> well and noted then, Scott and then obviously as a, as a spring in his step after conversion and then bangs over the uh, the drop goal late on to win it so uh, unfortunately Arcia went down 16-15 losing by a point um, Cologne have obviously been itching to get back up since 2016 um, boys just to give you an idea it's, it's a it's a very complicated league because the first division is a decent standard of rugby but four of the teams are pro and the others aren't so you're basically if you go up and you're not prepared to go pro you really can only compete against half the teams which makes it really competitive against those but you could be going up and taking 80 90 100 points against the other teams it's there so it's, would you play, so you you'd play your dirt if if you if RCL do it does would they play the dirt trackers when they go play those big boys and say well we'd nah, run, not no not at all you, you you sort of have to have to put your strongest team out because as you know you can't wrap boys in cotton wool you've got to got to mm. keep them ticking over so they can still be match fit for when you play these these bigger games um you know he he obviously gives a shout out to the, to the number 10 as we mentioned earlier they've got a french nine in Richard Vivier or Richard Vivier uh, good player um, obviously you know grew up playing in France and stuff um, and then they've got a big lump in the second row called Philip Dreyer who's a real product of the system Philip much like yourself you know has played for Cologne all the way up through the juniors and all through the club so 
I mean, uh, so they've got quite a bit, a bit of an international team, Cologne. Then, no, I would say they're more German, more German based, but okay. obviously, that it's the nature of the the world we live in at the moment. You rarely are you going to get just a, a team full of uh, sort of the indigenous population. You know, you're going to have a few foreigners coming in. I had a chat with uh, Anton as well. Uh, you know, and there's no no real complaints from him. Uh, and they said, yeah, they were great for sort of 73, 75 minutes. You, they've got a very young team. Um, but um, if anybody is listening, make sure you get down to uh, Sessange to watch them in this playoff game. Haugenstamm, who we do have a bit of history with, you know, they've we sort of gone head to head with them for a couple of years. And they're a club that sort of accept that they're amateur and, and are competitive and stuff. But yeah, it's a, it's a weird league. They should bring in a rule that you either make it fully professional or, or the other. Otherwise, it's going to... It's going to uh, keep. Um, it's, it's just going to make it very, very difficult. Unfortunately, that's we've seen the German national team certainly at rugby struggle because a lot of these Saffers and these Kiwis who come over aren't eligible. So yes, the standard is quite good in the domestic league, but that means these guys who are good enough to play in the national team aren't really, aren't really getting a run. Um, Nathan, you got a bit on the old basketball about the um, the women's stuff. Well, yeah, no, that's just a little bit of a repeat from last week, and it just confirms that the women, both Dudelange and uh, Grunewald, they will um, both, well, they're both going to take up the offer to play in the um, in the in the Euro Cup, which is uh, which is great news because for a long time they weren't doing it, uh, they weren't participating just because of the the costs involved and the and the organisation, which was obviously a bridge too far. So I think it's absolutely uh, fantastic that you know I think it's the third time that Grunewald will, will play, and Dudelange will play. I think this will be the second time, and you know we've got to give it to Dudelange. They actually got a win, I think, against Namur. And in, in the Moor, yeah, in the first game. game. So, yes. uh, so, 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 credit, great opportunity for these for these girls to continue that to continue that run. I just want to give it a shout out because at the end of every show, we we'll give a shout out to the volunteers. And in basketball, you guys have the FLBB do a fabulous job at, at doing that, and obviously also runs within the clubs as well. You know, and and these these um, these volunteers that are making this happen for the players, it's a it's a, for, for me, it's a big bloody big deal. Well, it's the bread and butter of sport, isn't it? You know, without these volunteers, the youngsters don't get involved. If the youngsters uh, don't get involved, you two wouldn't be. No, and exactly. I mean, now, the, the, you, know? The, you know, and, and the work that these that these volunteers are doing will be generating for the for the for the clubs new players in in, in another 10, 15 years. So, um, quick shout out to uh, well, I guess former co-host, you know, Flavio Giannotti. He was the yes. flag bearer out at the. Um, European Games in Krakow in Poland uh, for our 100th show we uh, spiced it up so him and Julian came in and actually interviewed us and I had to wear a stupid outfit but it is what it is yeah. you know bought but, us a uh, book right here for the boys to sign yeah, as yeah, well yeah. at the end of the show part of the part of, yeah, part of this part of the small print you know yeah small print um, the other one is next weekend you've got volleyball king and queen of the court now this is an interesting one just to jump away quickly what do you make of the three on three basketball I like it I like it. It's it's tough. It's 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 very different from from the regular five on five basketball. Is it a lot a lot faster? Is it? Yeah, it's faster. It's it's I think even more physical. There's uh, a, there's a league going on right now. There's a competition going on right now. Is there not a three on three league? Is it like a like a Euro League or something happening now? I mean, they they have tours, and then they have like from the tours. If they're good enough and the best in their country, they're going to make it as a national team. And the national team plays. It's kind of complicated. I don't know exactly how it goes, but it's it's very nice. It's I think I compare it pretty much to like. Regular volleyball and beach volleyball, I think, is the equivalent kind of. Because I played the three-on-three uh, past year for the Luxembourgish Army, and this is, this is a whole different sport, in my opinion. Yeah. It's a different ball. It's You play outside. You're never used to it. I mean, we watch Luxembourg play now in Cyprus. I was talking to the coach, Vincent Gervais. Uh, they had, like, wind coming from the from the ocean other side. So when you showed from the one side, it's just the wind come up and blow the ball away, like, 
it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's stuff it's you, a different you, sport. You, for yeah, sure. you don't you don't you, you sort of take for granted, don't you? I'm glad you made that point about the volleyball because that's essentially what a lot of sports have to do these days. Because it's not like you go back 30, 40 years ago, you sort of had your traditional sports, and that was how it is. You got all these new sports evolving, and we're all essentially scraping to get as many people to play our sports. So if we can come up with different ways to try and evolve the different games and stuff like that, and attract more uh, people to play you know it's only a good thing um but yeah they've got this uh, king and queen of the court uh so next weekend from the 27th of june to july the 1st um which will be at the cock and i've seen the setup for it it's, it's really cool so you've obviously got the you know the uh the court um which is obviously made out of sand and then the the viewing area is almost like a I guess like a balcony. Mate, the Tribune but looks it, but then hot. It's, but then it's all stacked on top of each other, so it's not like you're sitting further away. So it looks pretty. You don't have a Tribune going going out and away. No, no, no. It's all just up, and you can up. you can look down on it. And I mean, they've got you know some of the top players um, from all over the world. They've got a couple of uh, Luxos uh, who were in playing as well. But yeah, certainly it's a, it's a different concept. So you know, we could go and play tennis and play King of the Court. If you if you win, you stay on. Sort of similar to that. Um, I mean, obviously, beach volleyball is a slightly modified version, smaller court, um, and then if you win the rally, you uh, you stay on, you become the king-queen, um, and then you're replaced by the next challenger. So, again, really, really interesting to yep. see how, how that evolves. And, and I uh, think this is this is all part of the 50-year 50, 50 anniversary of the um, FLVB. Yeah, so. that's, that's the FLVB, isn't it? Yep. Not FLBB, sorry. Got it mixed up. VB, VB, Just quickly on the football, the Champions League, Europa League, and Conference League uh, draw took place yesterday, twentieth of June. Um, and in terms of the uh, Luxembourgish uh, interest, who have we got? Are they playing West Ham? Champions League, not yet, mate. <laughs> not yet. Um, Champions League, uh, you've got Slovan Bratislava. They are going to play uh, Hesbronge, um, and that will be on, I believe, the thirteenth, Wednesday, the thirteenth of July. And then the return fixture, Hesbronge will host them on the twentieth of July. The format is. The the same um, for the other team fixtures and I've put it on the wrong notes and I can't find the other two. Here we go, I've got it. Uh, Nidacorn will play against SC Giljana, which is in Kosovo. And then Doulange are going to play St. Patrick's Athletic. Yeah, we all know that one. But yeah, no... If I can uh, really encourage you to go down and watch these boys play, you know the chance. Obviously, we saw um, Dudelange play in the, uh, in the in the in the Europa League a couple of years ago. They had the likes of AC Milan come over. So if you can go down, especially whilst there's not as so much sport going on, go down and watch well, these boys play. Our, in these support fixtures. our local teams, of course. Talking of local teams, what a brilliant <laughs> performance last night for our football team. Luke Holtz will be very very proud yeah. to get that too. I think it just came at a really good time. Obviously, um, Rodriguez has been playing up till been playing up as well or certainly not getting on with the coach there's a little bit of conflict so to to for him to get that win for the team there is has to be that little bit of a psychological thing that perhaps some good decisions have been made on on his behalf let's say but um you know brilliant to beat to bosnia away 2-0 that's a uh, that's a really credible win and it comes on the back after a uh, a victory against Liechtenstein I tell you what if we lost to Liechtenstein we would have been uh, you know Luke Holtz could have been out the back door as as, as many coaches pretty, could be so it can be pretty fickle the world of football isn't it you know a couple of results don't you all go your way and they'll they'll give you the heave ho um, yeah, I'm going to do our roundup and then I'll read this uh, this little bit, um, Nathan. So, as always, thank you uh, to our guests, Ben and Philippe, for joining us. Stay in comms, boys. Keep doing what you're doing. 
I'm looking forward to seeing and uh, watching you both play yeah. for the national team again. And uh, it's cool having ballers in the in the studio, isn't it? We had Jordan Hicks. We had um, we had. Uh, I'd love to put them all in a room. We should just you know have a few beers and then we could really really have a have a bit of fun. Obviously not during pre season, Nathan. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, exactly. No, they're re- they're really really good fun. Um, as always, you can check out the rest of the team. You've got Sam Steen tomorrow from six o'clock. You've also got Stephen Steps lower the lunch blocks at twelve. Um, and then you've got uh, the home stretch, which Dave Burrows is covering for the moment at four o'clock. Um, and then I need to stop saying um, Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, you've got Sarah Tapp um, with the hangover. Um, right, I'm going to read something out here. Um, I'm really sorry about this. It's real. <laughs> I actually feel really awkward reading this. I'm so sorry about this. Um, uh, for any of my Luxembourg rugby brothers um, in Luxembourg listening, many of us have had to bear the horrible news of the passing of. Um, sorry. <clears throat> of FLR International, Bob Wagner, over the weekend, uh, formerly of RCL, CSE uh, and uh, Donna Vienne in Austria. Uh, he was a very proud burger and a genuine one at that, a real gent with an infectious smile. And you could be sure if you're ever in a function and he made eye contact with you, he'd definitely make a beeline for you. Um, one of the more recent times, he pulled up outside my house and held up the traffic and shouted to me he was coming to rugby training. Um and then, yeah, he actually, he actually came down this time. We used to always joke around it. Um, I was lucky enough to play for the national team with Bob quite a few times and even stand next to him during the anthems. Um, obviously, there's plenty of images going around at the moment. Um, and it's scary to think that you might stand next to someone for a national anthem and then that might be it. You never see them again. I'm sorry to really put a downer on this, boys. <laughs> um, thoughts were with his family at the time. Uh, you'll be missed, big man, but you're not forgotten. And as we used to always say, hey, mate, a beer. Cheers, boss. Good stuff. Let's talk sport with Scott Brown and Nathan Snade.